You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. All right, we are here. Minor Talk is live. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. If you are or if you know anybody who could be nominated for a Hometown Hero Award, visit OscarArietaAgency.com. They are actually taking submissions on new Hometown Heroes. If you know the Oscar Arieta Agency, you know that they are the official insurance agent of the UTEP Miners, and you also will know that they also present the Hometown Hero Award at every UTEP football and men's basketball game they are currently seeking new applicants new nominees for their hometown hero award check it out online oscaridiattheagency.com if you know somebody that you could nominate head on over to their website and nominate somebody today at oscaridiattheagency.com hey it's a final utep wins it 37 34 against sam houston state in a come from behind fashion and uh, Sal Montes joins me today here in our 600 ESPN El Paso River Oaks property schoolyard sports studios, uh, along with one of our newest uh, members of 600 ESPN El Paso, Alberto Orreta, who is joining us as well. We're we have a lot to talk about here today. It was a very entertaining game, um, and a lot of people want to talk about it as well on social media. If you want to weigh in, we could definitely take your call right now, 915-505-6009. Well, this game gave you the highs and the lows, the peaks and the valleys, and the Miners right now are three and six on the season. And I'm not, sti- you know, I'm not really coming away from this one all that um, optimistic about them heading to a bowl game and somehow rallying around their season and turning it around. I'm really not. But uh, winning in an entertaining fashion, winning from in a come from behind fashion when their backs were against the wall. Look, when this game, when they were down twenty-seven to thirteen in the third quarter to the worst team, absolutely the worst team in college football. Uh, you know, credit. I mean, hey. Look, Sam Houston State, credit to them. They're making the transition from FCS to FBS. It's going to be an uphill battle from here. I guess uh, Jacksonville State would say to that statement right there, there's no excuses. Look at what they're doing over there. Uh, The Gamecocks are having a fantastic season. But I digress. With Sam Houston State, they are winless this year. 0-8. 0-8. There are no moral victories. Maybe there are a little uh, moral victories if you're a team entering FBS and being in a lot of these close games. Uh, but man, they just can't pull off these wins. And you, they're up at one point, 27-13, midway through the third quarter. A little bit uh, more than midway through the third quarter. And again, uh, UTEP is playing the worst team in college football on the road. UTEP is without a lot of their players. They've got injuries galore. Uh, Miners have burned all their timeouts early. There's no time late in this game. It looks like it's going to overtime, really. And Sam Houston State at one point in this game scored five consecutive times. I mean, the odds were stacked against the Miners, and they rallied back 21 unanswered. They were down, remember, 27 to 13. They come back to lead 34 27 after 21 unanswered points. Yeah, they gave up a touchdown. That was because of an interception thrown by quarterback Cade McConnell. But Cade McConnell was the same person who set up that game winning field goal that was nailed by uh, kicker Buzz Flabiano. It was a 
37-yard strike from McConnell to wide receiver Jeremiah Ballard that set up that uh, 32-yard game-winning field goal. Uh, running backs did great things today for the Miners. They ran for uh, or they rushed for 222 on the ground. They had over 200 through the air. Uh, their you know their quarterback who's just making the third start. Uh, 600 ESPN El Paso's very own Cade McConnell making just his third start on the season. He is now two and one as a starter for the Miners. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's peaks and valleys. Scoring 34, uh, 37 points if you're the Miners is a, is a peak, is something that you can hang your hat on. But valleys, like, you know, uh, questionable decision-making on fourth down plays or, you know, timeouts at inopportune situations mm. or just struggling in this game to begin with. That's where I still am concerned with the Miners moving forward. Uh, if you're UTEP, you're excited that you get the road victory, especially in a come-from-behind fashion. Uh, I'm not leaving this one jumping for joy. I'll let I'll leave that for the locker room uh, out in Huntsville, and you know let them be excited about this one. But I'll say this uh, for the miners. They desperately needed this victory. It's, I mean, that goes without saying there, Sal. And uh, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm impressed how they finished this game and how they rallied back, being down with, with all things considered. You know what? It's um, it's hard to to take away things um, really that can be useful uh, in the final stretch of the season uh, when you look at this game. Now, now credit to them, they went out on the road and they got the win. That's nice, but. At the end of the day, when we when we look at the uh, the preseason projections, and obviously um, projections, predictions don't really mean much. However, how many of you had this game pegged as a win against Sam Houston State in the first place? Everybody. Everybody. So when you're down by two scores in the second half, you're starting to worry. And, and in reality, that never should have even you know been the case. However, judging the way that the season has gone, you'll take anything that you could get. But um, as, as far as um, a, a point that you made earlier about, hey, you're new to uh, to the uh, the FBS level, it's really tough, um, you know, to turn it around. And then you look at Jacksonville State. Well, Sam Houston State hasn't been sorry all year. There's really only two games that they got blown out of. One against Houston, another one against uh, New Mexico State. It was a two-score game at the end, but it was like 27 nothing. So I think we could chalk those uh, garbage points away. Uh, however, all the other games, Adrian, they, they've been competitive in, and I think that fan base is, is extremely frustrated knowing that you had a chance against BYU, you lost 14 nothing. you had a chance against Air Force, you lost 13-3, to Jacksonville State, who we mentioned, 35-28 to Jacksonville State, how about Liberty, undefeated, 8-0 and overall, um, I think 5-0 and in league play, 21-16, to they would fall to Liberty, they lose to FIU, 33-27, and today against UTEP, you dropped the game 37 to 34. So um, I know that it, you know, that transition can be tough. However, I think those fans are right to be frustrated because you've played with everybody on your schedule for the most part. You've played with the best of the best and the lows of the lows, and you still can't come out on top. It felt like they made a UTEP decision late in the game yes. when they, yeah. on third down, it was like third and 14, elected to run the ball. Uh, and they knew UTEP didn't have any timeouts. They knew UTEP had to, uh, 
obviously fight against the clock to even have a chance uh, to score before overtime. And that's just credit to Cade McConnell's pass it to Jeremiah Ballard. I love that play. Uh, you know, and UTEP could have done the most UTEP thing at that point, right, Sal? How many times have we seen UTEP, whether it's the end of the first half or end of the game, really just try to ease up, on, pump the brakes, be as yeah. conservative as pro- try possible? Try not to lose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I could have seen UTEP come out in that final, final possession and hand the ball off to Deion Hankins, see if they get nine or whatever, run back to the line and, and try to take a shot. No, instead they take a shot on play one, which is the, the way to do it. That's 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 what I want to see more of UTEP. Take more risks. Ch- take chances. Give more of a you know a longer leash to your quarterback in Cade McConnell. No, he's not uh, like perfect. He had some t- questionable throws. Of course, that interception. Uh, I look at some of the other ones and, and some of his decision makings. You might question some of those, but still, he had a solid game. 206 in his third start. A touchdown. He had an interception, but uh, you know he got his receivers involved. Look at Kelly Akari. Six catches, 126 receiving yards, and a touchdown. He got Amari White going, who hasn't really shown anything all season long. Jeremiah Ballard with pretty much the, the game-sealing catch to set up that uh, field goal for the Miners. I mean, offensively, 428 yards. I don't t- I don't care which team they're playing. I'll, you know, UTEP, which has been so inept offensively all season long, suddenly yeah. has a little bit of a spark here. And look, at they do it without all their offensive linemen. You heard about no Stephen Hubbard. Illumina Kelly was out in this game. No Tyron Smith. No Marcus Bellin. They're losing firepower in their receiving core as well, yet they still uh, find ways to get yards offensively. I think uh, you know now we've started to see a little bit more of an identity with Cade McConnell at quarterback, and I think the recipe to success is big plays in the passing game and being steady and patient in the run game. I think uh, I think the identity the identity of the team. Um, I don't know how far I'll go as to say that that it's there, but I think the fans have this um, this calling to say, "Hey, run it as much as possible." Deion Hankins, another one hundred yard game. I think the run has to go first, and then you kind of move through there. That's your bread and butter. And when you're a team who only has three uh, three wins so far into um, you know the nine game mark, so to speak. You gotta try and do what you do best if you've been finding success within the last couple of games. Our telephone number here on the program, 915-505-6009. We're just getting things started. Let's take an early break. When we come back, we're gonna talk all about it. We're gonna read posts that have come in on social media. I know uh, we're we're chiming in here a bit late. It's a Wednesday evening, so it might be a little quiet on the phone lines. We'll welcome in Alberto here in the next segment. We'll get his thoughts on UTEP squeezing past uh, Sam Houston. State 37 34. If you've got a call, uh, uh, send it our way. Give us a ring 915 505 6009 here on the program. As Minor Talk continues, we're presented by the Oscar Adietta Agency. More in a moment, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, we are back. Minor Talk continues here. 
presented by the Oscar at the Agency. Along with Sal Montes, Alberto Ureta, I'm Adrian Bradis. We are taking you through a busy Minor Talk edition here tonight. UTEP squeezes past Sam Houston State 37-34. If you'd like to chime in with your thoughts, now's the time to do it. 915-505-6009. We'll get into all our awards here later in the program. We'll get to some posts that are chiming in as well. Let's first get out to Alberto, who's been uh, patiently waiting through the break. He has some thoughts on UTEP and Sam Houston State. Alberto, you got a chance to watch this one with us here uh, at the stadium, uh, at the station. And the minor squeeze pass, it was back and forth. There were highs and lows, peaks, valleys. I still don't feel differently about this team right now. I just think, uh, you know, for the minors, they were just the they they were the team that came out in this one. And uh, yeah, you got to give credit to that offense. I think that that was the reason why they came out of this one. Yeah, it was a great game to watch. I think uh, all of us here were were had our hearts on our sleeves. We really wanted this one for Utah, but I think even the win doesn't really change the reality of the season for the team, right? Just there's not a reality where you win out the next three games. I mean, Middle Tennessee, they whooped you last year. Liberty whooped you last year. La Tech whooped you last year. So I don't see UTEP uh, changing the outcome of this season. You know, a lot of people are really hopeful. Some people on Twitter are really mad that members of the media don't come after the team uh, like they feel like we should. But uh, I feel like it's just not good to take things super negative. So I like the game. I enjoyed it. But... We're on to the next three games and honestly the next season. It's like a really sad thing to, to say now, especially where the season started. But the season is really it's, – it's gone for the UTEP Miners, unfortunately. So I'll do some cleanup for you there uh, just because, you know, I, I feel like when you're talking about how uh, the outside noise wants media members to ask questions and, you you know, you were saying, well, it's, you know, it's not necessarily the negativity. I think the questions uh, – a lot of these questions have been asked, but I think fans have unrealistic expectations on what media members should ask coaches or maybe unfair questions to ask. And look. Um, yeah, I mean, theoretically, they can get to a bowl game. I mean, theoretically, 6-6 six and six is still viable, but I, I don't see it happening. I'm not going to even throw, throw that out there. They beat Western Kentucky. Maybe you can uh, you know, talk to me about the Miners pulling off a win at Murfreesboro, and then we'll see ha- what happens on senior day, but I don't see it happening right there. And, you know, I mean, I, I wasn't at the, at the at edge of my seat, not necessarily for this game. I thought it was entertaining. I I thought it was back and forth. Win or lose doesn't change my opinion on this team. They had high expectations going into the season, Sal, and despite having a senior-laden team, despite having a lot of uh, these you know, prognosticators across national sports or even local sports predicting them going back to a bowl game, it's still falling short of expectations. Now, you'll take the road victory. You'll take a come-from-behind uh, effort by the Miners. Buzz Flabiano hitting a game winner, sure. But uh, for the Miners, I'm still not ready to get overly excited, overly optimistic whatsoever, especially at Sam Houston State. Sal, it's one of the worst teams in college football. Yeah, number one when it comes to the the bottom ten. Uh, now, let's be real. UTEP not too far away from them there on those go. rankings. And uh, and obviously, it's a, it's a funny ranking as well. Get a kick out of the descriptions every time. Um, but that's just, you know, what people outside of El Paso see UTEP as when they see them year in and year out. Now, as far as inside El Paso, obviously there's personal ties for a lot of people, so they, they have more hope than one would expect. But, I mean, this is a game that the, they could have, should have won, and ultimately they did. So what do you really take away from that? Now, I really won't turn my head and say, hey, hold on, maybe something's 
Brewing until, um, you know, they become five and six after the game at Middle Tennessee State. If they can do that, then it's a whole other conversation, but they still got a couple of footsteps to, uh, you know, to make before they can even start thinking about being 5-6. and six. Yeah, I don't even want to get to that point uh, unless, you know, they start actually proving it. I think it's on this team. Prove it to media members, to fan members, uh, to the outside noise, to the national consensus. Prove it to them. You saw how emotional Dana Dimmel was when Buzz Flabiano hit that game winner. I've never seen Dimmel like that post-game or even in a game because of a victory. You could tell how much that this one meant to him. And look, I, I mean, I'll go back to it. There are guys who aren't playing anymore on this team or guys who have quit, guys who are hurt right now and who are just out of the mix. And then um, there are also guys who have to move positions. We heard today Angelo Tejada served as the holder for the minors for field goals, point after attempts. Uh, Kicker Mark Ramos quit the team, and so he's no longer with the group. And that's somebody who uh, here on this show we made a good relationship, working relationship with him on the football team, uh, covered him all the way back to his end. Andrus football days so you know it's just it's not just him it's a lot of other guys who've decided that they're just fed up with what you know the direction of the program or where the program is or just don't want to play for whatever reason so uh, for all those reasons that's what makes these wins purposeful for some of these uh, players so what I'm saying is while I don't believe that this season is salvageable for the minors winning games like they did uh, tonight gives uh, seniors or guys who elected to stay, I mean, praise the Mayhule, another great game by him, uh, gives them the reason or just kind of the validity and uh, the purpose for why they decided to stay in the first place. Let's go back to the hotline right now. Welcome on the third member of Minor Talk. It's UTEP Zay, who wrote a great column today. Uh, Zay, welcome aboard. I told you, you know, win or lose, I I love the column. I'm happy that you put it out, just talking about how it's been a struggle uh, just watching this UTEP team with high expectations this year. Did today's win cure your losing blues, eh? Um, sadly, it, it did not. <laughs> you know, when you beat, you know, a winless football team, um, usually you're not going to feel too too crazy, but a win is a win. So, you know, maybe my blues are, you know, just like a painkiller. <laughs> it's temporary. Like it's temporary. Good stuff, Zay. Good analogy. You learned from something from Sal. I think <laughs> good stuff. Uh, what what else did you think about this one? Um, I think it was an interesting game. Um, I really did not expect UTEP to score over thirty points and win this one, and especially against a Sam Houston defense that, despite their record, it's it's pretty good. You know, they held BYU to fourteen points. I think they held Air Force to twenty one points. So you know, it's not a bad defense. And um, you know, for UTEP to go out there and score thirty seven on the road with a four string quarterback. I'll give them that. I'll give them that. But um, aside from that, it just wasn't a crazy good performance. I'm happy they won. This season is still, you know, it, it's probably far from. It's very far from where where you want it to be. But you know, when is the win? I'll take it. I thought it was a great game from Deion Hankins. I think he is the best player on this football team. I think the defense struggled a lot, but uh, you know, when it really mattered, they did step up. So I'll give them that. And um, it's just a game where you know they took care of business in a very, you know. Fun fashion, 
You know, I feel like for the Miners going into that homecoming game next week against Western Kentucky, a lot will be made between now and then about the possibility of the Miners winning, possibility of the Miners getting to four wins, the possibility of them going to a bowl game. Throw all that aside, Zay. I mean, you know, I, I don't know what the rest of this year still means. And I'm talking about, the, I'm using the word purpose and trying to find purposeful victories. Do you find um, success in that? Do you find any kind of validity in that, whether it's you know for salvaging this year or even maybe looking ahead into what these players can bring back to this year's uh, or next year's team, I should say, or you know if those players end up leaving, going elsewhere. What's what's the purpose for the rest of the season if this season is a wash uh, or if this season's over from UTEP's perspective? Yeah, I guess the purpose would be improve your draft stock, improve your transfer portal stock if it's really that bad. But um, obviously they're going to want to win. They're going to want to win out, uh, you know, for the seniors especially. I don't know if there really is a purpose. You know, I think that's something that even if you ask a UTEP player, they they probably aren't going to answer truthfully. So that's, that's a tough question. And, you know, like I said, for some guys, it's about improving your draft stock, improving your stock as a whole. Maybe you want to transfer out. Maybe you want to get, you know, on, on the team next year if, if everything goes well. You know, you can become maybe a starter. Who knows? But um, I, I think the goal, obviously, for them is, is to win out. And even though that's very unlikely, with a group of seniors like this, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're, they should leave it out um, on the field. Any any last thoughts, Zay, before we let you go? UTEP defeats Sam Houston State 37-34. Anything we didn't cover today that uh, intrigued you? What about those jerseys, huh? Blue back-to-back weeks. Uh, I guess I guess Adidas did do something right with the blue jerseys. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm buzzing, man. I'm buzzing. Three for three, Buzz Flaviano. What, ah, what a night. What a night. Oh, man. He's in. He's in on Buzz Flaviano. Zay, great job, man. We'll talk to you Friday for Football Friday Night, uh, and we'll read your stuff on 600ESPNElPaso.com. Great stuff as always. Hey, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. You're listening to Minor Talk brought to you by the Oscar IDF Agency only on 600ESPN El Paso. Let's go to social media right now as we continue. 915-505-6009. Steve chimes in. Steve Kaplowitz, that is. Our 600 ESPN El Paso intern, Cade McConnell, is now 2-1 and one as the starting quarterback. It wasn't pretty, but Adrian and I will take it. Hashtag minor talk. You're right, Steve. We will take it. We will take that one. Uh, replies to Steve, by the way. Uh, that th- I want to read this one. Pooh Bear. Being a UTEP fan requires taking blood pressure medication. I'm happy the Miners got the victory. I was already thinking earlier the loss was imminent. Um, This coming in from Marty Rollins. Fire Dimmel, fire center. Matthew Castro chimes in. I take back what I said. Extend Dana Dimmel's contract to 2040. He will take us to the college football playoff. Hashtag minor talk. David Castro said, this is pathetic. We beat the 130th team in the country by three points. We're screwed if we're satisfied with this. Uh, This is coming in from Pinky. You just wonder where this team has been. Hashtag minor talk. Where this team has been, I haven't seen this team. I mean, I've, wh- this is not the same team that wins. This wasn't the same team that won at Florida International. Wasn't the same team that beat Incarnate Word. Uh, 
no, this is just one of those times when you play a bad team and you go back and forth and maybe it's just a matter of who gets the ball last and who catches lightning in the bottle and momentum in the end. And I felt like momentum just swayed UTEP's way. Sal, at one point, uh, Sam Houston State was unstoppable. Defensively, UTEP struggled in this game. Yes. Sam Houston scored in five con- on five consecutive possessions and they were making uh, mincemeat of that UTEP defense. Yeah, they, they were moving the ball with uh, with relative ease and a shoe maker um, you know near the end of the game just looking at the numbers um, here let me just double check uh, 39 attempts and uh, kind of on par wow. with what he did all game you know near the end of the first half um, he closed in on 20 and he would finish with 20 in the first half so that means they're running the offense through uh, through shoemaker so kind of um, you know just from a purely um, logical standpoint if you're a Sam Houston State fan, a little bit disappointing that they didn't they didn't run the offense uh, through Shoemaker to try and win the game uh, when you know he was really effective. Yes, he yeah, had, he had that pick. Don't get me wrong, but um, they were moving the ball well because of Shoemaker. So um, UTEP really fortunate that you know some mistakes on Sam Houston State's part led them to get the ball back. But hey, that's what that's what the team has to do to win sometimes. If you know, if you're kind of going back and forth, whoever makes that first mistake, you got to capitalize on it. And UTEP was able to capitalize on that yeah. last mistake, so to speak. No, totally agree with you, Sal. Our telephone number nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. Is we've got a call coming in nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. You know, with uh, Shoemaker, I watched him earlier this year, and I thought, man, this is the worst quarterback in call in uh, Conference USA. But after watching him tonight, I might. Uh, be a little bit more generous toward him. The FIU quarterbacks uh, situation is pretty bad. Whether whoever they throw out there, that uh, you know that quarterback spot pretty much struggles. Uh, I'm not talking about you know. I'm not necessarily uh, saying the quarterback tandem that La Tech throws out there is necessarily lighting Conference USA on fire either. UTEP's quarterback play isn't necessarily the best, even though I like Cade McConnell and his two and one start is pretty strong at least early on. But um, you know, I again, I don't have any moral victories around UTEP. I I am looking at Dion Hankins as uh, like what Zay was saying, one of their best offensive players. 117 on the ground today, a touchdown. I think if you're UTEP uh, and if you're a UTEP fan and you want something to get excited about, Alberto, uh, Dion Hankins, his game is something that you can be pretty optimistic about. You could throw aside, you know, the quarterback play, which at times it looked strong, at times it was vulnerable in this one, but the run game was consistent, and that was largely thanks to the play from Dion Hankins. Yeah, we get the run game churning early, and that was really fun to watch. And that's one of the primary reasons we win this ball game. We're able to control the line of scrimmage. You know, almost well, it feels like the most important part of the game, which was the fourth quarter. So that was that was fun to watch. But I think uh, a thing we haven't mentioned though is, uh, and we see this a lot with UTEP's Dana Dimmel's UTEP is mismanagement of the clock and mismanagement of the timeouts. I think it was what ten minutes left in the fourth quarter, and we were out of timeouts already. So. And we knew that we were going to come back. We're going to, we were on our way to a comeback, and we might need those timeouts later. So to see them go and you're just out of timeouts, can't stop the clock with the game on the line, that's a little frustrating, but luckily we get the win. Had we not gotten the win, though, we'd be talking about that right again, though. It'd be, oh, Dana Dimmel, the timeouts, the, the clock management. So luckily we get the win. Dana Dimmel saves himself just another week, even though, you know, minor fans want his head still. So. 
Well, I, you know, it's interesting. And, uh, you, I, okay, so there's a lot of things to unpack there. So uh, the timeouts, yeah, I that, that, that hurt them in the end. It did. I mean, look, you, Sam Houston State could run out the clock. That's why they decided to run the ball on third down uh, instead of pass the ball. And they ran that ball to run off a lot of the clock. So the punt ends up happening for Sam Houston State. UTEP can't call any timeouts because they used him on poor decisions uh, that they had earlier in the second half. And that's just disappointing. It's something that we've seen week in and week out. UTEP just cannot figure out their time management late in games or on key drives. And I get it. Look, I get it. It's a inexperienced quarterback who sometimes struggles with personnel changes, substitution changes, but that's also on the coaching staff and that's on the team itself, Sal. They're putting him in bad positions. I mean, even aside from that, we talk about McConnell being in the game, but how many times have we seen that when Hardison was the starting quarterback? Hundred well? percent, hundred percent. So I, I mean, I understand that point, but this is um, this is um, you know representative of the coaching staff. Really, exactly. Doesn't matter who the quarterback is. They've had issues getting guys in position, um, you know, dating back to Hardison even started. So that's been a big issue uh, for the last, not just this year, we're, we're talking the last five seasons or so. Uh, let's go to back to social media. King Eric with the tweet. It's still pretty sad how UTEP was an underdog to a winless Sam Houston State team and barely beat them by three. Augustine, it's Sam Houston. It's one of the worst teams in the country. If they win today, they should have retired. All of them. Uh, hashtag minor talk. Let's go to Keith in Winnipeg. He's joining us all the way out in Canada. Our telephone number now in 5505-6009 to get on the program. 600 ESPN El Paso also everywhere. Social media and online. 600 ESPN El Paso.com. Keith, good evening. What's going on, man? Hey, good evening or good morning, depending on where you are. Um, good first or good, or, sorry, bad first half, uh, better second half. Um, so I don't want to rain on today's, uh, little mini party that we're having right now because we should feel good. It's a win. A win's a win. And I would say this are going to be our last win of the season. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to say this. I'm happy for the players that busted their butts off today that they, at least they get to celebrate, you know? Kudos to the, you know, the whatever the cheerleaders, the the sports staff that get to experience at least one more final win of the season. So I'm happy for that. Now, the head coach. Uh, I'm I am not an expert X's and O's. I am not an expert on game management, but I think we all can agree is that coach is probably not prepared to play uh you know manage the game the way it should be managed whether that's timeouts x's and o's on and on and on and if it's not evident to after the last few games then i don't think we should ever 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 have a discussion about you know hiring firing coach because then we don't matter if if the UTEP athletic department listens to their fans and cares about their fans, they should know that we have to do something now for the future because college football is changing so much with all these realignments and everything like that. I mean, if we don't and we fall to the wayside, I mean, 
they might kick us out of uh, Division One and put us into the uh, into FCS. Hmm. Relegation. I mean, I, I'm just saying, like now's the time. This this was this should be a wake up call for everyone in at, at the UTEP and the, the city of El Paso to get behind this program. No, we're not winning a bowl game this year. I don't care about that. But this should be the wake up call that we need to make change for the better because obviously it matters. I mean, I, I go on message boards, I, I read newspapers in El Paso, I listen to sports talk. It matters to people. It does. And it so does. It, it's not like nobody cares. Well, we care. We're, we're, we're very passionate. I mean, hell, I'm up in Winnipeg listening uh, to your post game show, and I do it all the time. And so the passion's there. And if they don't do something to make it, you know, to improve the program, to me, it's, it's they're disrespecting um, uh, the fans. All right. And, and I, I, I mean, and here's the thing, too. How chaotic. I mean, I don't know if this is true or not, but did they accidentally pack the wrong jersey? Yes. That's why we wore blue today? Yeah, that's the story today. Accidentally packed uh, the blues instead of the whites. Uh, this happened before the game, and yes, that is why they played in a colored uniform game. It was uh, orange for the Bearcats. It was navy blue for the Miners, and maybe that maybe those uniforms gave a little juice to the Miners. What do you say, Keith? Not Not a fan? I love the blue. I just think that's like hilarious. I mean, it's like the most UTEP thing ever, right? Isn't it the most UTEP exactly. thing? Exactly. Yeah. Oh man. But um. So, anyways, I'll, I mean, I'll, if you have other calls, I'll let you, I'll let you go. But all I'm going to say is this: is the time is now. Hey, I, I, I told you last week. I'll, I'll write a check. All right. Hey, we need you. Hey, we need check. you to write that check, uh, Keith, just so we can see if it, whether or not you're you're legit. So uh, that's the reason yeah. why I want to see it. So, um, Keith, you're the man. I appreciate the phone call. Appreciate your enthusiasm, and I appreciate you always hanging with us. I know you've always been uh, with us here uh, on Minor Talk. So I appreciate your enthusiasm and your the, your passion. It's true. I mean, minor fans are passionate. We've been through this before, and uh, that's why they. they they hang on with us. That's why they want to win, and that's why they have hopes for this program. Maybe not this year, but maybe in the future, finally turning things around. Uh, back to social media, Joe Chacon saying this one. What to say? What to say? I wish I could show you my family thread we had going during this game because it could be your entire show. Hashtag love the talk hashtag got to teach in the morning hashtag let's not make it a late night hashtag fourth grade rules all right he's a fourth grade teacher sal uh we learn more and more about joe chacon every night so good stuff joe chacon uh king eric it's still pretty oh no he we already said this one alexa dominguez at Westside 915 would love to say a win is a win but utep squeezed out one against a team that they should have beat by double digits at the end of the night utep Still got the W. Congrats. Uh, back to Keith's point real quick, Sal. Do you think this is UTEP's last win on the schedule? It's Western Kentucky at home at Middle Tennessee versus Liberty. Is this her last win? Uh, I think so. Western Kentucky was um, you know, a favorite to be a top, no pun intended, on their uh, their mascot name. There you go. Or their, their uh, team name. But they were uh, predicted to be number one in Conference USA. Uh, doesn't look like it's going to happen. However, they're, they're certainly not at the bottom. Um, looking at Middle Tennessee, that's a road game. It's also an afternoon game. We know the miners don't fare uh, typically well against them and uh, in those um you know times for kickoff but looking at the last game of the year that's the one i'm, I'm petrified oh, of. Adrian, yeah. is it's liberty is this is a team who's not only undefeated but 
They they look really good, and they have for some years. This is a team who's not going to let their foot off of the gas. Uh, I, I brought up Sam Houston State against uh, New Mexico State a couple weeks ago. It was 27 nothing. Final score, 27-13. If it's something like that with the Miners and they're down 27 nothing. I'm looking at 40s, 50s, maybe even 60s. I'm not trying to be sarcastic or anything like that. That's a very dangerous team. So even if they are to uh, get the next two, that's a really, really tough game in Liberty. Just as tough, if not even tougher, than when the Miners took on UTSA uh, when the the Roadrunners were ranked here in El Paso. I would say Western Kentucky is like the best team among like the middle of the pack conference USA. And if you wanted to break it up by tiers, you could say tier one is Liberty and then everybody else. And then it's tier two, Jacksonville State, New Mexico State, Western Kentucky. That's like your tier two of teams right there in conference USA. Well, Western Kentucky is behind Jacksonville State and New Mexico State. The Gamecocks are seven and two. Aggies are six and three. Western Kentucky is four and four, but they've already hit the hard part of their schedule. To your point, they've played Jacksonville State. They played Liberty already. They have UTEP, New Mexico State, Sam Houston, and FIU. I could see uh, Western Kentucky winning out, being kind of the worst uh, worst team out of that second tier at eight and four, but still having a strong finish to their season. Uh, Hilltoppers scare me if I'm UTEP. Um, UTEP secondary was suspect today. At times, I liked A.J. Odoms. At times, I liked uh, you know even what they got from Davis Burns, who had to play in place of the injured Kobe Hilton, who was knocked out in the first half of this game uh, with an apparent injury. And so, I would still uh, you know I would still be questionable, or I would question that uh, secondary for UTEP in a big way going in against uh, Western Kentucky, simply because the Hilltoppers have a lot of firepower. They they love to throw the ball. Slater's a good quarterback over there, and if I'm UTEP, uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking at the next three games obviously as those that you try to have to tr- uh, upset. It's all uphill battle from there. I still look at UTEP as one of the worst teams in Conference USA, so I see them losing out as well. I don't see them getting another victory. I don't see him beating Western Kentucky, beating Middle Tennessee on the road, and then um, who's going to get up for that Liberty game? I don't I don't really know, especially if Liberty uh, is playing to try to be, uh, you know, have a perfect season when it's all said and done. Hey, our telephone number now in 5505-6009 to get in the program. Let's take a break right here. When we come back, we'll get to more calls, more uh, posts that are coming in on social media as well. You're listening to Minor Talk, brought to you by the Oscar Arieta Agency. More in a moment, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, back here on Minor Talk, we're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency, along with Sal Montes, Alberto Urreta. I'm Adrian Bradis. We are continuing here. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Sal, a slow night on Minor Talk on the phone lines. The haters yeah. are asleep. Uh, they, they don't want, you know what? I, I think even if you're a fan, you don't call in because it felt like a tight game. If you're a hater, you don't call in because UTEP won. So it's just this weird state of, uh, right in the middle it's, in between right here. You, you've seen that, that response. Um, it's an internet troll response to a lot of memes. It says you've won, but at what cost? 
There that, you go. That's literally what's going on right now. Hey, we'll be here with you uh, <laughs> as long as as long as uh, we are here. Our telephone number nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. UTEP defeat Sam Houston State thirty seven thirty four. A couple uh, more posts to read here on the program. Uh, this coming in from Caesar Cubios, our man Ice Cubios. It was great to have such a loud UTEP group of fans who came out in from the DFW and Houston to watch the game. The stadium looks like the sack, but with fans on both sides and they were intense and it made for a great game experience. Glad to get a win. Uh, This coming in from Manny David on this win, definitely happy for the players. On the other hand, not happy because it just buys another day for Dana Dimmel. I don't see them winning another game to finish the season. Hashtag minor talk. Hashtag Dimmel's gotta go. Uh, This coming in from Jimbo. Spot on analysis, Sam Houston's first year as an FBS school, zero wins, and it took UTEP a field goal with only seconds remaining to pull out the win. Uh, This coming in from Cesar Cubillos, much like my ex-girlfriend, it wasn't pretty, but it was better than nothing. (laughs) Take the win and look forward to a (laughs) 10-day preparation for Western Kentucky. Man, our Alon DK uh, caller of the show might have to go to Twitter X post of the show, uh, and that might be Ice Cubios when it's all said and done. Good stuff by him. Uh, Joe Rod with the final. He gives us the um, the update that FC Juarez defeats uh, Atletico de San Luis three to two. Bravo struggled to close out the victory. He wrote, but it broke uh, the four game losing streak and uh, called all the goals. Absolute bangers, according to Joe Rod. Good stuff right there, man. Uh, Hey, Tristan Pence chiming in. Number one, give the Miners credit for coming back after playing awful for two and a half quarters. Hankins was the best player on the field, and for some reason, he only had 15 carries in the game. Moving forward, the recipe for winning UTEP football games is Dion Hankins. I really hope this game is the start of something good for UTEP, but that's probably wishful thinking. In the meantime, kudos to Buzz Flabiano for his first game-winning field goal and to Cade McConnell for his first game-winning drive. How about that, Sal? A yeah. first game-winning field goal and a game-winning drive. That was a dime to uh, to Jeremiah Ballard oh, as well. I agree. And uh, while we're on the topic of Ballard, uh, a great uh, interview in the pregame show with uh, John Teicher, that special player feature that he does uh, every single week. Jeremiah Ballard was the feature. And uh, you know you know what's funny, too, is I think it's the, um, uh, the John blessing, so to speak, because mm. uh, not long ago it was Mo Westmoreland. We saw the performance that he had, and today it was Jeremiah Ballard. So we'll, we'll see who he has next. I'll see if I can find out. Yeah, thank you for mentioning the name Mo Westmoreland. He, with two sacks today, now leads Conference USA. It's so interesting. Going into this game, Kanias Vaughn, who has really just come onto the scene nicely for UTEP on the defensive line, and praise Amayule, both of them co-led Conference USA with five sacks. Uh, both of them had strong performances in the past uh, couple weeks. And to, and right behind him, Moas Moreland, he had four and a half sacks. Uh, I believe Western Kentucky's leading defensive end also had four and a half sacks. And New Mexico State's leading defensive tackle or defensive end also had four and a half sacks. So it was all this big jumbled tie. Well 
Mo Westmoreland, he distanced himself a little bit tonight after two sacks. He now outright leads Conference USA six and a half sacks for Mo Westmoreland, the Kilgore product, uh, who is now the leader in Conference USA in sacks. Let's go back to the phones. 915-505-6009. Milkman is next on the phone lines. Milkman, good evening. What's happening, man? Hey, what's going on? I actually was thinking about going to bed, but I heard that you were having, you know, a slow night on the on the call, so I just figured I'd call in and uh, Thank you, Milkman. Uh, Thank you. You know, oh, no no problem. I'm 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 here for you, Adrian. Um <laughs> but uh but so so I I actually I was busy tonight and I I uh I turned I turned on the TV and and saw it and they were down 27 to 13. I was like, "Oh god. Uh here we go again." Um but uh, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I, I'm kind of with some of your other callers. I, I, I don't know. I have a hard time getting too pumped up about it because uh, do do I necessarily think it's going to translate into you know winning out? No, absolutely. Especially, I mean, even, I think you made this point that even if they win their next two. Yeah, beating Liberty at the end of the year? No. Absolutely not. No, that, that's it's not happening. Um, and and even that, even with such a great comeback like this, uh, you still guess 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 which team had no timeouts left in the fourth quarter again? I mean, how many games in a row is this? Like, uh, what? I don't understand it. Like, can somebody explain to me why they have such a hard time managing the clock? I don't. I, I truly, truly don't get it. Like, thank God they didn't need their timeouts. Usually they do, and they don't have them. Once again, they didn't have them again. And I, I just, I, I don't understand it. I, it's, it's <laughs> like I want to like bite my, you know, my thumb or something. I'm like, what? What are you doing? Why? Why again? Are we using up all our timeouts? But you know, again, like I said last time, it's like blah blah blah. I'm just talking to the wind. You know, same old, same old. So I'm going to try and just cut it off here and not be too negative because they did win tonight, and I want to give all kudos to the guys. Like, you know, God, Hankins was amazing. Um, I mean, they have some good good guys on their team that deserve to be winning more more games than this. But uh, so I'm going to cut it off there. Good, good win tonight, Miners. I wish I could say I'm, you know, excited for the rest of the season, but uh, – well, I'm not. Yeah, I hear you, Milkman. I appreciate it. Thanks for giving us a call. 915-505-6009. It's so true, Sal, because, you know, as much uh, as you can appreciate UTEP not quitting when they were down yeah. 14 to a winless team in Sam Houston State who had all the reason, all the reason to try to win this game to f- get their first win of the year, uh, I still don't have a lot of optimism for the rest of the season for the Miners. This probably is their last uh, game that they're going to win on the season, just in my opinion. Uh, and to the players or to the team, you know, prove me wrong. I mean, prove the fans wrong. Prove the media wrong. Because uh, everything that um, has led up to this point has been wrong by all of us. We were thinking we had uh, we had high expectations that were placed on this team. We were thinking that this team was finally going to turn the corner and be better than it's been in a long time and they've fallen well well short of that and it's just been a disappointing season 
Yeah, incompetence is is a word that's been thrown around a lot when it comes to, or lack thereof, rather, when it comes to a UTEP football. Is how smart are they going to be, you know, near these end-of-game situations? And I just mentioned competence. Look at Sam Houston State with, in my opinion, a boneheaded call. You you go for the win. I, I don't know why they didn't go for it, but UTEP able to benefit off of that. Now, with that being said, it's very rare that other teams are going to do that <laughs> against right. UTEP as well. So you you got to catch a break. The thing is, that was an unnecessary break. When we talk about catching breaks, it's you know maybe um, maybe a hand on the jersey or something here and there, but something unforced like that is um, is is crazy to me. So they're not going to go up against the Sam Houston State like team the rest of the season. That's why fans aren't um, you know as uppity about this win, and they expected this game you know to end up as a double for the minors so I totally get it hey uh, I want to compare uh, New Mexico State season to UTEP season no UTEP fans gonna want to hear that I also want to talk you know some awards here on the program but let's talk about the quarterback position real quick because now UTEP is facing these next couple games and they've got Cade McConnell right now who is two and one as a starter next week it's Western Kentucky at home and then of course it's the Middle Tennessee game on the road and closing it out it will be Liberty Gavin Hardison hasn't played uh, since injury since injuring some part of his uh, throwing shoulder or throwing elbow uh, since back at the uh, I believe it was the UNLV game and since then um, you know you've seen a little bit of a carousel it's been a little bit of Kevin Hurley it's been a little Jake McNamara um, of course Cade uh, McConnell gets a little bit of action against La Tech late in that game and then gets a full go against FIU and has success over there but. Um, Alberto, are you on the path right now that you believe that Cade McConnell should be the quarterback or at least the starting quarterback for the remainder of the year just based on what we've seen so far? Or if healthy, would you throw Gavin Hardison back in the mix? Um, or, you know, look to uh, somebody else, possibly Kevin Hurley or Jake McNamara. Where do you stand at the quarterback spot? Yeah, Adrian, we were talking about this uh, during the game, and personally, I would ride with uh, with Cade McConnell, him riding uh, into this game at 2-1. and one. I would like to see him at least try to finish out the season, and it's just the best thing for the team, in my opinion, right now. He's playing really well. Hasn't given you those ugly throws that we used to see from a couple other guys on the team, just unnecessary throws, really trying to throw it into windows where it's not there. So what I'm saying is I like Cade McConnell for the team. Why? Because he doesn't force the ball. So he's a lot more conservative with the ball. You know, a couple guys that have played for us, that can't be said for them. They they have a lot of turnovers. So with the football that UTEP's playing right now, I think we need the less – the less turnovers that we can get. So I look at the receiving core right now, and it's depleted. It's no Tyron Smith. It's no uh, uh, Marcus Bellin. And right now you're looking at a receiving core that's pretty much built up of uh, Kelly Akari, Jeremiah Ballard. That's where I struggle sometimes is just the depth at the wide receiver spot. So maybe it doesn't even matter which quarterback is out there or which quarterback is is flourishing. Uh, That wide receiver spot being a little volatile is a little concerning for this group moving forward. So I'm curious. I wonder if we're going to see Cade McConnell or, you know, what kind of weapons he's going to have for the remainder of the year which guys step up remember Kelly Akari really didn't show up against New Mexico State but he absolutely balls out tonight six catches 126 yards when it's all said and done yeah and like you were saying about Akari I think that we saw a lot of that frustration from not being able to get involved in the last game so to be able to see him in this game get get involved in the game 
you know, get, what, six catches, 126 yards, and a touchdown, that's great for him because you don't want to see one of your best offensive guys that isn't a running back, you don't want to see him frustrated and, and, and get ejected out of the game, yeah. especially when you need him. You know, he's one of those guys that you need to have him around. You want him to rally the, the rest of the team. So I, I, I see what you mean with the, with the problems with the wide receivers. And I, and I understand that. And also, I, I feel like a tight end play has left a lot to desire. Yeah, um, that's a good point. I mean, I, I just I think that this over the offseason, the coaching staff was expecting some high things out of the uh, tight end group. And I'm not saying that maybe they haven't uh, you know followed through in the blocking game because that could uh, yeah I see certain plays and there are certain plays that are glaring uh, bat you know glaringly alarming I should say. But uh, there are other plays in the passing games where I just feel like the tight ends are not used. It's just not a utilized position in the passing game right now at this point. Hey, back to the phone lines right now, 915-505-6009. Let's go to Reed, who's joining us next. Reed, good evening. What's happening? Hey, Adrian. Um, I've been listening to you and Sal for three three years now. Nice. Hey, I appreciate it, Reed. Thanks for calling in on the show. I was at the game tonight in the stadium. And, uh, Tell us about the stadium, Reed. I hear the stadium in itself is like a gem. It, it's a, it's a really nice stadium to watch a game at. It's really small. Um, I mean, it definitely feels like an FCS program. I think that's where San Houston probably should have stayed. I mean, they were so successful. I, I, I'm I, I'm thinking that the head coach for San Houston probably would have preferred to stay in FCS. Um, but they they got a nice facility. Um, I just cannot believe they pulled that off, uh, that UTEP won that game. Um, in the third quarter, I mean, it was just so over. Right. And it felt like the game just turned on a dime with that interception by James Neal. Yeah, credit to James Neal. We haven't talked about him enough, but that turnover, I mean, any turnover that UTEP can get uh, is so big for them. It just, he was really inches away from having a touchdown. It was impressive because we really haven't seen that from James Neal take a turnover and flip the field like that. But man, what an impactful play right there by somebody who's just done what it takes to just stick around with this group. You know, there's a lot of guys, we talked about it earlier, who have either gotten injured, who've uh, elected to quit the team, whatever it is. Is checked out from the team, whatever you want to call it. But uh, I'm, you know, I'm giving credit to James Neal alongside, of course, one of the best linebackers in all of Conference USA, Tyree Snyder, who led the group with 12 total tackles today. James Neal stepped up in a big way, made a play when it was when he was called to do so, uh, and took that pick. I, I like the fact that you pointed that out, and I felt like that was one of the big turning points of this game. And I thought that UTEP would probably give it away uh, when Cade threw that interception, but. Um, I was just ultimately impressed that they had the fortitude to overcome a two-touchdown deficit. Um, I, I, I would have never thought they could do that. Last time they did that was that uh, quadruple overtime victory on the road uh, against UTSA. How about that? Do you remember that one, Reed? Uh, I, I don't, but I know that that lives in minor lore. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Hey, Reed, I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in, especially all the way out there after the game. I, uh, I, you know, I hope to hear from you soon, and I appreciate you always tuning in, like you said. All right, you guys have a good night. All right, you too, Reed. Appreciate it. Hey, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. You give me your thoughts on the quarterback spot, Sal. Uh, Cade McConnell, or do you look to another quarterback? Is it even a question at this point? Now I think it becomes more obvious. It's Cade McConnell's team for the rest of the year. I mean, 
I'll say this. Where do you go after this next game? And the reason I say that is if there's purpose for the season, and what I mean by that is basically a 6-6 six and six in a bowl game, you go with the hot hand. Right Correct. now it's it's McConnell. He um, Obviously the sample size and the games he's played is a lot less than what Hardison's played, but I think the offense has been more fluid under McConnell. Now with that being said, that's, you know, hey, the team's doing well. You ride the hot hand. If the season's already out and about and it doesn't even matter what happens, um, you know, game against Liberty, Hardison's got to be in there to, uh, to close out his career as the starting quarterback for UTEP because it's not going to matter whether they That's win that point. game or not. So go with the hot hand. Once it's out of it, you know, hey, thank you for your time here. Let's do it one last time. I like that. I like that point right there in a big way. Hey, what we're going to do right now, let's take a timeout. I want to talk NMSU. I want to talk rewards here on the program. We're winding things up. If you want to have a late call, give it. Uh, send it our way, 915-505-6009. That's our telephone number. We'll give awards next. We'll talk NMSU as well, and we'll preview what's ahead for homecoming week for the Miners as Miner Talk continues, presented by the Oscar Arrieta Agency. More in a moment right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back. We are winding things up here on Minor Talk. If you'd like to duck in a late call, now is the time to do it. 915-505-6009. Sal, last night New Mexico State beat La Tech in a come-from-behind fashion, kind of like how the Miners won tonight in a come-from-behind fashion as well. They won 27-24 against La Tech. And, man, I just I can't remember the last time. I think it has to go back to when Chris Jans was here for basketball and they were having a lot of success. I can't remember this much envy from UTEP fans when it, lo- when it comes yeah. to their uh, rivals in New Mexico State. It felt like, man, everybody was so envious in the success that Jerry Kills had in in just two years with the Aggies football program, and they are currently having a ton of success. Six and three on the year, on their way to another bowl game. A uh, bunch of games left. I'm still looking at them as a contender for the conference USA championship. And when it's all said and done, they're a really good football team. That's the bottom line right now. No, they they really are, and four straight uh, wins for this New Mexico State Aggies team. Four straight games where they score at least twenty seven points, and they uh, got twenty seven twice. One of them it was a blowout. They really put their um, they, they really took their foot off the gas. But they'll take on Middle Tennessee, and it's at home. I think that's going to be a win for them. They'll take on Western at Western. That's going to be a really tough one. Uh, probably one of the best games, um, you know, for Conference USA that week, if not the best game. But uh, their fourth. Straight win for the first time since 2022, Adrian. That that's what we're looking at. To to put it in perspective, somebody's graduating high school right now, and before they were even born is the last time they had gotten four straight wins. Wow. When we look at New Mexico State, so um, that's a, that's an incredible uh, feat that they're accomplishing right now. And you're absolutely right about the envy part. How the tables have turned. Right around that time. Um, you know, or a couple years after that, Miners moved the conference USA. Rumor is because they don't want to be in the same conference as New Mexico State. And and how how's that turning out now that they're in the same conference and Fast the very forward. conference that UTEP um joined to um I guess get away. How funny is that? Irony is crazy, and yeah, history always comes back around, it seems like. Karma's, hey, yeah. there you go. Uh, <laughs> New Mexico State won a bowl game in, what, 2017, 2016, whatever it was. So we're talking about over the last seven, eight years, uh, NMSU having 
three bowl victories uh, or bowl uh, appearances, I should say. Uh, two of them being victories. If they win one this year, that's three victories. Miners um, have had what a one bowl appearance in the yeah. you know in the last uh, seven or eight years, and this is the you know the 2021 season that we're talking about when they went to the New Mexico Bowl. They were barely seven and six that year, and uh, yeah, it, they fell to a Fresno State team that season. So I think minor football fans look at that New Mexico State program and say, "Hey, look." They're putting less money to their head yep. coach. They have way less resources. They have far uh, worse recruiting. How come they're having success? Sure, they have an NIL program that's set up, but still, um, how are they having so much success so early into their tenure? And uh, NMSU, a team that I'm definitely going to be watching moving forward in Conference USA to see how this shapes up. Who knows? Even if they uh, lose to Middle Tennessee next week, I still like their chances of um, – at least competing pretty well against Western Kentucky to try to uh, cement themselves as one of the teams who should be in the Conference USA Championship when it's all said and done. If they're not, it's still uh, looking like a bowl season for them, and I still find that to be pretty successful knowing that they lost a lot of seniors last year, and they came in a little fresh this yeah. year with uh, a lot of newcomers. So, And and to that point as well, they, they started out rough last year. Exactly. And, and they turned things around, but even when it wasn't going their way, you could sense that the culture was changing under Coach Kill early on that season. I agree completely. Oh, I, I, this sounds extremely dumb to say, but I'm going to say it. The only thing that wasn't happening is they just weren't scoring more points than the other team. Other than that, you saw the way that they moved, the way that they prepared. They got the pieces of the puzzle together in the right time. And now, Adrian, potential back-to-back seasons for, for bowl games. I think they get it done. Of course, it hasn't happened yet. However, that trajectory is there for them to uh, go to back-to-back uh, bowls. And, uh, for and you know, you say score more points. It's Diego Pavia. They get a quarterback with, a, gamer, a, with a lot of identity yeah. and who has swagger, moxie, and he's a gamer. He wins games for them. So that's what you need at the college football level. Raul Frescas with a couple uh, posts on social media. What's Jen, uh, Jim Center's actual opinion of this football season and coaching staff's jobs? Uh, great question, Raul. He also asks, who are the team's leaders, and why does it seem that this team's attitude is just so set on being accepting of mediocre play and results? Hashtag minor talk. Injuries always seem to derail our seasons going back to many, many years and also affecting past coaching plans. Why could this be? Uh, well... Yeah, I mean, the the problem is, is this coaching staff sold a lot of people on depth and, uh, you know, the excitement of depth before the season started. And the depth is being tested uh, right here at this point, late October. You're talking about Otis Pitts playing his first ever career start at the offensive line and having to patch things up offensive line. Think about the first half, how bad that offensive line looked. Yes. They weren't creating opportunities in the run game. Uh, they were struggling to protect Cade McConnell in the passing game. And so they, they adjust in the second half, and I think they they just you know they played a pretty me- mediocre game so I'm not going to necessarily call it good but I'm not going to bash them for being bad so um, yeah I hear what you're saying there Raul Noah at the Noah G sends us this the miners still have plenty of to play for until you're mathematically eliminated why wouldn't you give it your all well of course I mean yeah theoretically that sounds right Noah but when you have guys who've checked out and guys who um, you know, aren't necessarily bought into this current program, current regime, current season, uh, then you're fighting an uphill battle. So uh, to that point, I would just say prove it to me. 
Prove it to me that this team can actually do that. Prove it to me that this team wants to do that. And let's see what happens if they can, you know, be a quality opponent. We still haven't seen a quality victory from this UTEP football team yet. And, yeah, a winning on the road, impressive. I don't consider that a quality victory, though. Uh, impressive knowing that this is the team and where it's at right now. Uh, Esteban posts this uh, here on X. Esteban was rooting for Sam Houston State to get their first win and make it easier to get rid of Dana Dimmel. <laughs> oh my gosh. Jonathan Byers. Some players on the injury report aren't actually injured. They've given up on Dana Dimmel. They are going to redshirt and enter the transfer portal. I'm sure you can guess who. Help is not coming. Going to get going to need to continue to rely solely on Kelly Akari, Jeremiah Ballard, and the running backs. Uh, this coming in from Jeremiah, or excuse me, Jonathan Byers. NMSU is not good. They're as good as UTEP last year. NMSU has played against UMass, trash and lost. Western Illinois, trash. Liberty, decent and lost. <laughs> Dude, I love Jonathan Byers. Oh my gosh. Uh, UNM, trash. Hawaii, trash and lost. FIU, trash. Uh, and he says UTEP, trash. La Tech, trash. <laughs> Oh man, Jonathan Byers. Uh, hey, hey, Jonathan Byers. <laughs> would you rather UTEP be six and three or three and six? Oh, this man. is the same guy who was saying FAU can't can't win an NCAA tournament game. What did they do, Adrian? Yes. yes. So cut it out, man. Yeah, uh, Jonathan Byers. Just to your point. To your point about the UMass loss. That's a bad one for New Mexico State. Yeah. The Hawaii loss, a bad loss as well. I think NMSU would be the first to admit and acknowledge that and learn from those mistakes and get better. That's what I think the difference is. They lost to Hawaii. They lost to Liberty. They lost to Massachusetts early in the season. But you know what they're on right now? A four-game win streak. Is it against the the uh, lesser competition of Conference USA? Yes. FIU, Sam Houston, UTEP, and La Tech. But I still think that they have a lot of momentum right now yeah. and for a team that's young and for a team that's only in their second year having this kind of success and I'm talking about wins and losses success that's the bottom line that's all we care yeah. about wins and losses and, and while we're at it too Adrian we know the Miners won tonight but what's the what's the critique of it all the way that they won how they go. won right there you go. when we look at New Mexico State really the only closed game is Louisiana Tech other than that they're handling Florida International they handled UTEP in El Paso, they handled, um, you know, obviously Sam Houston State, 27 to nothing lead. They left the foot off the gas, but they were in complete control. The Miners are not in control of those types of games. So no matter which way you look at it, they're a couple notches, if not more than that, notches above what UTEP is right now. And the results are there. Oh, 100%. I'm, I'm with you completely on that. Alberto, your thoughts on NMSU? They're a great football program. Uh, light years ahead of uh, the UTEP Miners. And I think what frustrates uh, UTEP Miner fans the most is the quick fix that Jerry Kill provided to that program. And it makes them wonder, well, why can't Dana Dimmel do something like that? Or it makes them wonder, well, well, how come the Miners don't get a a coach that turns it over in two years? And there's a long list of reasons, but obviously, I don't know, I just feel like those guys want it more. That's that's what I saw from that NMSU-UTEP game. It just looked like NMSU, Jerry Kill, and the rest of that team wanted it 10 times more than our than the UTEP Miners did so it's it's difficult to to watch obviously but great for that organization that's a lot of fun to watch for them
Yeah, I think it's it's hard for if you're a UTEP fan, right? And it's frustrating, right? But, um, you know, it's good for that program. You're exactly right. Hey, uh, let's get to some awards. We're going to wind things up, uh, look ahead to Western Kentucky. Uh, first off it is our hot hand of the game presented by Wind Supply El Paso. Man, there's a lot of places we can go with this one. We can go Deion Hankins, 15 carries, 117 on the ground. We can go Cade McConnell, 12 of 22 through the air for 206 and a touchdown. We could go Kelly Akari, uh, six catches, 126 receiving yards, and a touchdown as well. Sal, I'll leave it to you. Who do we go here? Hot hand of the game. Oh, man. Oh, Agent, that's incredibly tough. If if I have to go with um, with the hot hand here, I'm going to go Deion Hankins. Let's go. I, I think he was the most consistent part. Um, of the offense in this game, and and we can even date it back, uh, you know, to a couple of games ago as well. He he's been on a on a nice stretch. You got to continue to write the hot hand, and we talk about dirty work, game in and game out. He's a guy who does that, and uh, some of those runs as well, Adrian. Especially in the first half, the holes weren't there. We all witnessed it. The timing of his cuts, and you know decisions to go from left to right north to south when he chose to do that got them you know some first downs and was able to move the ball further um you know than what would have happened if he just gets tackled on the spot or gets stopped early so Deion Hankins a full four-quarter game, in my opinion, so that's what I'm going with. Hey, Wind Supply El Paso is an official distributor of Master Cool Evaporative Coolers. They don't want you to sweat it out when you wait for the temperatures outside to finally cool off. All their Master Cool systems are priced lower than the box stores. To find your nearest Master Cool dealer, visit the Find a Dealer tab at WindSupplyElPaso.com. That's WindSupplyElPaso.com, who brings us our hot hand of the game, which is Dion Hankins. Next up, we've got our drive of the game presented by new start homes i have to go with the uh the one you know the go-ahead touchdown actually you know what let's do this one the game tying touchdown this was the five play 80 yard drive lasted under three minutes and it was capped off by a Cade mcconnell touchdown pass to kelly akari from 12 yards out miners were down 27 20 and that one tied it up 27 all in the fourth quarter that is our new start homes drive of the game Hey, and if you're looking for a mobile home or even a tiny home to add to your backyard or extra space at your home, you can check out New Start Homes. They've got affordable builds starting at just $75 per square foot. They have a location out in El Paso. They've got a location out in Las Cruces. Check them out online, newstarthomes.net, to check out their entire inventory. One more award to get to here on the program. That is our Stanley Steamer, Steamroller of the Game. Uh, that one, I'll, I'll give this one right here. I'm going to stick with uh, the offense on this one. And I'm going to talk about uh, the uh, quarterback in Cade McConnell, who was the Steamroller of the Game. Stan- Stanley Steamer is uh, in El Paso and Las Cruces and locally owned and operated. Since they started back in the 40s, they've served homes and businesses across the country, and they've been trusted by generations to clean your carpet, to clean your air ducts, clean your hardwood, tile and grout, area rugs, and plenty more. Stanley Steamer technicians are trained and certified to deep clean your space using their powerful equipment, their proven and reliable process, and their family-safe cleaning 
marketing solutions. They've got a 24-hour availability online, and they've got an online instant quote tool that you can check out as well. Visit their website to book your cleaning with Stanley Steamer today. That is Stanley Steamer, who brings us the steam roller of the game, and we're going to give that one to Cade McConnell, who had 206 through the air, a touchdown, and an interception in his third career start. He is now 2-1 and one as a starting quarterback for the Miners. Hey, as we wind things down here on the program, let's get out to Patrick here on the program, 915-505-6009. Patrick, good evening. What's happening, man? Not much, not much. Hey, I appreciate you guys uh, burning the midnight oil, man. Oh, as um, always, my friend, as always. You know, and I, I guess tonight it makes it a little more worth it. Um, it's always I, worth I, it, man. It's always it's always worth it talking <laughs> to the minor faithful. So uh, we, we take it all the same. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But no, I just, um, you know, I, I, I think you got to be happy for the program and you got to be happy for the kids and the coaches because, you know, football's too hard to lose. And uh, so you, you know, you got to be happy for them. But there's a, there's a couple of things I, I was, uh, I was thinking about. And one is, is the game next week. And then the other one is, uh, uh, Coach Demo's future. You know, I was thinking about a couple things. So my first question is, and I don't know if you guys have done your research because I, I, I definitely don't know. Uh, does, does Western Kentucky have a mobile quarterback? No, I would say Austin Reed is, is – I've seen him a couple different times. I'd say he's primarily a pocket passer. Some would argue and say that he has uh, the wheels to roll out if need be. Uh, I would disagree with that completely, and I would say that uh, it's just going to be somebody who's going to – air out the ball, throw the ball as much as he can. And it was Salter, Caden Salter, who played uh, in the previous game for them. So he actually is more of a dual-threat quarterback. If he ends up getting the go for them, uh, I would say that, hey, yeah, he could be uh, the one, you know, for um, you know this team. But uh, no, it's Austin Reed. Excuse me. Austin Reed is the one. He's the starting quarterback. He's a, a pocket-passing quarterback, and he's not going to be a guy who runs the ball. So Hilltoppers are led by Austin Reed, he is not going to necessarily be uh, somebody who scrambles outside of the pocket. And the, re- and the reason I ask that is, and I know our chances. I, I give our I give our chances going bowling realistically eighty twenty. I, I I think we we we're at about a twenty percent chance, and I think if we take it week by week. I think our defense matches up really well against pocket passers. I really do. I think what gives us problems are mobile quarterbacks. And so, you know, who knows? You know, next week uh, we get into, you know, uh, it turns into a good battle. Now the converse is of that is I think the fact that we don't have a mobile quarterback can hurt us at times, you know. So I'm just saying next week, Let's see what happens. Let's just take it week by week. I know it, the prospects don't look don't look all that good. And then which leads me to the next thing with Coach Demo, I think that if you I think he would have an argument or, or the powers that be would consider a couple things, the fact that he is playing with like a third or fourth string quarterback. Ah, here we go. Here hey, we go, hey, I'm gonna, Patrick. Hey, I'm gonna here start we go. This up, man. Stir this <laughs> pot. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
but here, here's here's my thing. <laughs> here's my thing. Um, so, you know, I you you do you. Everything comes down to money, obviously. You know, right. everything is about ticket sales. So, but if I, you know, the powers that be when they're making that decision, we're playing. We we are playing with third or fourth string quarterback. We don't have like I guess our top two receivers out there. So that argument could almost be made, but the the, the big thing I think that that kills Dana Demo is is uh, I, let's call it what it is. It's, it's, it's a lack of discipline all across the program. The urgency, the the. I didn't watch a game. I, I I listened to it on the radio, but apparently, and you tell me if I'm wrong. Like with personnel groupings, he they can't get guys on and off the field. Right, right, right Patrick. Yeah, and I hear and I hear where you're going. Hey, and I appreciate the phone call, Patrick. I I hear where you're where you're saying here. Um, there are frustrating plays. It's undisciplined. It's right, and it, you're you're 100 right on that. That's why the penalties, which by the way, come at very inopportune times. It's it's always feels like the worst possible time for penalties to ever happen for this team. But that's just the reality. That's how they they face these uh, challenges that are always ahead of them, and it's difficult for them to rally after that. But you know what? Today they did rally. They rallied from a, a two point or a two touchdown deficit. They won this game. They took. They secured a lead uh, after scoring twenty one unanswered. Which I, you know what? To be honest with you, for a program that's just searching for positive anything to be positive about maybe that's something that they can hang their hat on offense is trending in a positive direction defense I don't know I think the defense is a little bit more suspect than you're leading on to uh no you know if you wanted to make the argument about the powers that be how they justify retaining Dana Dimmel look the only way they justify retaining Dana Dimmel is they if they can't financially afford the uh buyout for Dana Dimmel in my opinion now if you wanted to come out and give me all those arguments I think that's those are just excuses right there. Uh, the injuries, the schedules, the, you know, however it broke out, the travel concerns, the uniforms, whatever. Those are all excuses. Excuses to me. Excuses. And for year six of a program, for uh, a veteran led group like this, excuses go out the door, at least just for me. What about you, Sal? Yeah, we, we've seen this time in and time out. So you could hold that argument, I, I guess. You know, you may have a little bit of leeway with that, but let's look at previous years. Let's look about their record since um, they were 6-1. and one. I, I don't even know what it is, but I know it's not good. I know it's not good enough to win over fans. Fans have been frustrated from that point on, basically up to now, and I just think it's excuse after excuse. I mean, you listen to post-game shows when they lose and we hear excuses. The coin flip didn't go their way. They they made a mistake on special teams, which one, you know, play kind of derails them for three quarters and a half, whatever the case is. I, I don't buy it at all. Uh, Jonathan Byers is not buying us at all. He says, dude, they're hyping up NMSU the same way they hyped up UTEP. They look at the overall record and not the team's capabilities. It's what has kept Data Dilla at UTEP for six years. We've kept Data Dilla here for six years, Alberto. Yeah, it's funny, though, because uh, their record is indicative of some great football and some hard-fought teams. So 
I'm not buying into what Byers said. NMSU's a 10 times better ball club than the Miners are. Right now, yeah. Yeah, they're light years ahead of them, and they will be light years ahead of them. They'll probably compete for a... For the conference championship, and they'll probably compete for a bowl. So buyers uh, live with that reality. NMSU is light years ahead of uh, of UTEP, and as long as Dana Dimmel is the coach of the UTEP Miners, it's going to be like that. And even when they get the replacement, that first year it's going to be a rough one. So yeah, accept the reality that NMSU for now is better than UTEP Miners in football. Jonathan Byers, you give us too much credit, my friend. They don't care what we have to say. They don't care what we spin, whatever. You give us way too much credit. You talk about hype. Uh, we just do this. This is this is the gig, man. Uh, so, you know what? Uh, I just I, Sometimes you got to laugh. It's, it's funny spins that our audience brings up here on the program. So, uh, either way, uh, great show tonight. I appreciate you. Alberto sitting in and joining us here for the first time. Appreciate you, Salmonthas, as always, uh, screening our calls, um, playing our our music, co-hosting the show with us, and producing the entire broadcast of UTEP football each and every game. We'll be back in action next week, Saturday edition of UTEP versus Western Kentucky. It's homecoming game. Austin Reed, pocket-passing quarterback. Yeah, we got that down. Patrick uh, definitely asked that one right there. Uh, And yeah, Western Kentucky's got a lot of firepower offensively, and that's what we're going to be seeing from them. But until then, I'm Adrian Broaddus. So long. Thank you so much for listening to Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar Adietta Agency right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.